we're getting comfortable on this show. Uh, I used to get my car like air conditioner uh, fluid or whatever it's called, like recharged behind. Uh, I think it was Dream Girls or one of the strip clubs down there on Erie oh, yeah. Boulevard. Do you know what I'm talking about? You would like drive in the parking lot behind yeah. the strip club at like two o'clock on a Thursday. And there would be a guy just like putting in, you know, air conditioning charges into your car. Yeah. The uh, free on recharge. Yeah. That's what it was in the strip club <laughs> parking lot. Well, yeah. Which is weird because we live in Arizona and that never happens out here. Maybe because cars have improved <laughs> over the years, but. There's no such thing anymore as a Freon recharge, I don't believe. I don't think the Freon recharge is a thing, or if it is, like everything has to be done at the dealership now because cars are basically just like 8,000 computers on wheels. I don't think that sure. I don't think that they have like, you know, some guy who makes six bucks an hour can't just like pop the hood and recharge the Freon. It was a simpler yeah. time. Yeah. It was a good time. You want to get started? Absolutely. All right. No script, no practice, no preparation. Uh, welcome, folks, to the Take the Points. Very special episode. Election night, no politics podcast. Uh, I'm Tom. I'm here with Dan and Ryan. I got a bunch of questions. We're just going to talk about nonsense. Basically, this whole podcast is an elaborate ruse to avoid watching election results every five seconds. And... Uh, hopefully actually have some fun. Anything you guys want to say uh, as an introduction? Welcome back to the Pac-12. So excited. Even though we have games at like 9 and 10 a.m. Pacific time, mountain time out here, it's kind of crazy that like ASU, USC is going to be on at 10 a.m. But so is the NFL, so I'm kind of used to it. It's just really going to be weird for those players to be playing that early in the morning when they're used to like getting ready to play later in the day. It's going to be interesting, but excited to have it back. Dan, how are you holding up? I'm doing great, Tom. Um, I'm not sure if anyone had a chance to see last week's uh, Colorado State game. We had a great prediction here on Take the Points. It was that Colorado State would have the lead in the first half, mangle it horribly, and lose in, in pretty large fashion. Well, guess what, Tom? Steve Adazio and crew were up 10-7 in the first half, gave up 38 in a row, and then <laughs> lost the game in a blowout. Um, hats off to us, and that's the full recap of last week. Moving on to this week. Uh, I was going to – well, I mean, we're definitely going to talk college football, but I was going to talk about uh, numerous other things and uh, – you know, ditch the format for this week. I feel like this is more important than college football at the moment, but I started um, watching a movie, which we've talked about several times this season. Uh, I hit the wrong button on my Roku and I accidentally uh, purchased can't hardly wait from Amazon prime. Um, I watched the first, I would say 12 minutes today earlier and uh, I made a few notes and I want to get your guys thoughts this is the most nineties thing ever. Uh, I had forgotten about pretty much all this, but it opens with Eve six open road song. Uh, it goes directly into smash mouth. There's no pause. They played almost all of open road song, like three and a half minutes. 
It ends. They immediately do the first notes of Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth, the other Smash Mouth song. That ends. They go right into a some rock song, and that ends, and they go into a Biggie song. The first 10 minutes are just all soundtrack, and I didn't watch beyond that, but I'm pretty sure the whole movie just has a 90s soundtrack underneath it. Like, I don't think there's any dialogue or silence. Um, also the nerds wear X-Files shirts, which I found, I took that as a personal attack. Um, Mike Dexter, the supposed bad guy, um, might actually be the good guy in hindsight. He has an interracial group of friends. He refers to uh, college women as women instead of girls and his friends tease him about it. Um, on the other hand, uh, the good guy played by Nick Papa Giorgio, uh, he didn't even talk to Jennifer Love Hewitt in the movie and he's claiming like he owns her. And uh, the nerdy dude who's supposed to be a hero too, he's talking about chloroforming people. So I think uh, Mike Dexter actually might be the good guy of this movie. Also, uh, Seth Green, who plays a character which is basically Malibu's Most Wanted. It's basically the same character. Um, at the time, I found this to be a ridiculous parody, but... Now I think of like SoundCloud rappers and I feel like it's not that far off. So Seth Green might have been prophetic in his role. Um, and then the women are really the only good characters in this movie. So uh, perhaps the greatest feminist story of all time, Can't Hardly Wait, starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. Your thoughts? There's a lot of information you just hit us with there, Tom. It's um, going to be that kind of show, Dan. Don't don't think we're going to talk about serious football numbers today. Oh, okay. Well, I got to re refocus then. Um, well, the intro music's interesting. Open road song. I uh, feel like they may have grew up in upstate New York. Pretty sure that wasn't a single except where we lived. Um, interesting yeah we had a lot uh, of um we had a lot of we call them k-rock singles the radio station where we lived uh the band our lady peace is the best example i think nationally they had like three hit singles and in upstate new york on k-rock they had uh, i'd say about 27 hit songs <laughs> yeah, about 27 they, were, they were more than the beatles more than the stones <laughs> Local band in quotes, because if you want to cross Lake Ontario quickly, you, you can reach them within just a few hours. So therefore, it was a local local scene. Um, interesting point about the character calling, calling ladies women and uh, being a, a, a true hero. Mike Dexter, looking back. Well, it was, I, it was supposed to be like um, it was supposed to make him seem like a jerk in the movie. No, apparently not. Who would have thought? Can't hardly wait. Now, I don't know what happens in the remaining, you know, hour and 20 minutes. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. I can't tell you. No, I have no idea. <clears throat> All uh, right. I will. My, my only contribution is uh, I definitely saw Eve six at the lost horizon, which we were just talking about pre taping. So me too. Uh, 90, 97 on the, we suck live tour. I also saw them summer 98. Actually well. I saw, yeah, we saw them at a K rockathon. I think I've seen Eve six, three times live. If you look at my um, most seen live bands, it's absolutely hilarious. Obviously Pearl jam. My favorite band of all time is number one with like, I don't know what 25, 30 concerts. 
And then second is Our Lady Peace with like six, as we just mentioned, the upstate band. But after that, I've seen Boys to Men three times. I've seen the Bacon Brothers three times. I've seen Eve Six three times. Um, I'm trying to think of some others, but it gets pretty weird. And these these are all like free party in the plaza type places. They factor in heavily, those like free block party ones in Syracuse or Stanford or wherever I've lived. Stained. I think I've seen Stained and or Aaron Lewis like three times. That's bad. That's very bad. Oh, I, none God. of these are planned. I just go somewhere. I go to like the Wagmans and Aaron Lewis is just playing in the bread aisle. <laughs> like, yeah. College in upstate New York. Oh my God. I saw a lot of shit, dude. I saw Our Lady Peace at least six or seven times. Fuel at least five, four or five times. Yep. Rusted Root five or six times. OER seven, eight times. Like, just the standard college stuff that came through. Like it's just, they were always there. They were just always around. That's what, but there's like accidental concerts, which is something that doesn't happen as you get older. Like how many times did you intend to see rusted root? Like once. Right. And yet you saw them four (laughs) or five times. Like someone would just say, Hey, Hey, come to this concert or come to this party. And you just go and you're like, Oh, Hey, a rusted root cover band. And then you're like, oh, wait, that's, yeah, that's actually them. I've seen Naughty by Nature twice. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Accidental concerts. Um, all right. Next topic. This is going to be a, like a lightning round, but we go slow. Uh, Heisman odds are out. This is a college football one. Uh, Mac Jones and Justin Fields, after two games, are your leaders Trev obviously takes a hit after uh, COVID and being out and he's going to miss Notre Dame. It's looking like Trev might not win a Heisman in his three years. And I just want to get your guys take on, you know, whether that's messed up or it just works out that way. And whether we're going to look back in 10 or 20 years, the way we look at Peyton Manning and be like, how the hell did that guy not win a Heisman? And Andrew Luck, (laughs) Andrew Luck didn't, how did he not win a Heisman? He finished second, like, three years in a row or two years in a row. Like sometimes with quarterbacks, it just works out that way. I think that's a really good analogy Z with um, Peyton Manning, you know, um, Heisman's kind of a weird thing. Uh, Obviously 2020 is the weirdest year ever. So, you know, maybe he misses some games, some voters go, Oh, that disqualifies him. He doesn't win it. Who cares? He's going to be a star. Unfortunately, it might be for the New York Jets, but uh, we'll see what happens here. Haven't we suffered enough? I know. You don't need this. If he goes to the Jets, Tua's on the Dolphins, who knows what the Pats will be up to. They'll get Tom Brady's son in five years. Yeah. It's just not fair. All right. uh, NFL, Dan, the Steelers. Oh. Your thoughts? I don't know. I don't think they're any good still, but um, we'll see. Uh, they beat um, Tennessee, but they got Ryan Tannehill, and he played with Mike Sherman at A&M, so I still don't think he's any good. And then they beat the Ravens, and that was a weird game. So I don't know. I think Pittsburgh's in prime, uh, prime position to go like 13-3 and and lose in the playoffs early, which is fine. But as long as Mike Tomlin – wins coach of the year, 
I'll be a happy man because Ryan convinced me to bet as much money as I could before the season started on Tomlin thirty-five to one. So I won a couple thousand bucks if Tomlin or McDermott wins Coach of the Year. Probably just jinxed it on the podcast, but whatever. Those are my two NFL props I'm really looking at. So go Tomlin, go Steelers. Helps when you got the Cowboys, Cincinnati Bengals, and Jags as your next three as well. We'll be looking at ten and zero. Speaking of the Cowboys, uh, Danuzio or whatever his name is, just named the starter. Hit quarterback, strike again. Danucci. Oh, bless me. Danucci. That, whatever. There we go. That um, reference made me sneeze uncontrollably. I apologize, listeners. Um, Are you allergic to outstanding quarterback universities like Pitt? Pitt is just a a factory. If you go there, you're going to get paid somehow in the NFL. It makes no sense. No. I don't know. It's been going on forever. Like Alex Van Van Pelt and like they like began a twenty year run and these stiffs keep showing up. That's right. This, and, this, we're trying to avoid the pain of, you know, following election results and then you keep twisting the knife with these Alex Van Pelt references and all these other things. Very cruel of just, you. It just goes full circle. It's our life. This is how it works. After the curse is broken, what will we talk about? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, this is a non-political political question for you guys. There's a, a bunch of swing states in the election, and I want to get your takes on who would have been the best endorsement a politician could get in all of these states. Who do you go to for that top endorsement? Uh, we'll start in the state of Ohio. Um, this seems like an easy one to me. LeBron. Jim Tressel. I think, uh, my, you know, I wasn't thinking about LeBron, but yeah, I was thinking some kind of Ohio state. I was thinking urban, but yeah, the Ohio state voting block seems to be the dominant force in Ohio. Uh, Pennsylvania, Dan, who do we go to for that key endorsement? This is a hard one, Tom. It's like two states. That's why. Um, but we need someone who can unite the whole state. This is really tough. Right. Lady Gaga's out there, you know, uh, um, you know, campaigning for the state of Pennsylvania, Bradley Cooper, the whole cast of A Star is Born. But I feel like, again, you know, that's Philadelphia-centric. You know I have it. The answer is Kerry Collins. Because he was the epitome of peak Penn state during everyone's lifetime. Um, Kerry Collins is the correct answer. He would drum up the most support in Pennsylvania. Kerry Collins is good. And that means the second place candidate who can't get him would go and get Wally Richardson. Most likely they would, they would lose in a horrible fashion with less than 35% of the popular vote, <laughs> but the polls would show them even with Collins, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan, Michigan. This one, there's a lot of options. I mean, it's got to be, I'm thinking the music realm. My name is Kid Baby. It's Kid. It's Kid Rock. The KID, the whatever, the the king of the POT to the whatever it is, Kid Rock. Kid Rock, Kid Rock, Kid Rock. Because he plays rap and country. And therefore... You can get all of them. You, and you rock. Can get, 
<laughs> is it funny name. that Kid Rock is known for the the top two genres he is known for are not rock? Again, it all goes full circle. We saw him at the Lost Horizon, so um, he was yeah. pretty good. Kid, I'm going Kid Rock. That's my final answer on Michigan. Ryan, I'm I'm, I'm going to bring this back to the previous question, and I'm going to go with the Steelers. I'm going to say Jerome Bettis. He's the freaking king of Detroit. He won the Super Bowl in Detroit. You guys remember that? Yeah, it was. He was the freaking bigger than the president when he won that Super Bowl in his hometown. He's the answer. Everyone loves the bus. He's like Fat Wayne Brady. He's the Pennsylvania answer or the Michigan answer? The Michigan answer. He's okay, the Detroit sure. guy. Because as the non, the only one with non-Pennsylvania roots, I was not going to let you weigh in on the state of Pennsylvania. I wasn't trying. Me, me and Dan, our blood runs too deep. All right. My uh, mom was born in Pennsylvania. Oh. I'll go with Carrie Collins. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> she, she, was lived, she lived in New York, but she lived in Amish country, and there was no hospital, so they had to cross into Pennsylvania because that was the closest hospital. So technically, my mom was born in a Pennsylvania hospital, but she was New York. Uh, Ryan, Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin. Well, it's got to be Barry Alvarez, right? I mean, Wisconsin football, there's so many choices, you know, Russell Wilson, Scott Tolzien. No, it's Barry Alvarez. He was coach, then AD, then back to coach while AD, then back to AD. Now he's like some other random president emeritus or some crazy thing. Like, it's him. He runs the whole state. What about, uh, well, Dan, you go ahead. Aaron Rodgers or Giannis are my two picks. Uh, with a slight lean to Rodgers because he's got a title. So, and Giannis might leave. So I was thinking around that direction, but I was going to go back a little to a man who already has made a recommendation or a, an a, a endorsement. What about Brett Favre? What do you think he's? No, he's in Mississippi. He doesn't count. I don't know. I think he's still got the legacy. All right. Uh, North Carolina. PD Pablo is my answer. What do you think? Ooh, North Carolina. I mean, I think you have to go with Dean Smith, probably. Uh, I mean, Michael Jordan's up there. Jordan's probably sure. the obvious answer. Wait, is this North Carolina? Yeah. Yes. Kerry Collins, because he played for the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. I think if you could get if you could get like a an endorsement click of Kerry Collins, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Zach Galifianakis, Michael Jordan, and Dean Smith, and maybe who's a good like North Carolina beloved player? You know, like Donald Williams or something. Montross. No, Tyler Hansborough is your answer. Oh, bro. yep, he needs to be in there. If I'm trying to win North Carolina, I'm seeking out Hansborough. Hansborough and like whoever like runs NASCAR because that's where their headquarters are. It would be so good. I'm so honored to have. <laughs> The endorsement of the man they call Psycho T. I think this is really going to win the state for me. Yeah, Psycho T. We're going to go Psycho V to the O to the T to the E. Yeah. All right. This one's uh, for both of you guys. The uh, alleged swing state of Arizona. 
who are you getting besides Billy Fernandez? Larry Fitzgerald, hands down. That guy is the king of Arizona. There's not one person who's ever said a bad word ever about Larry Fitzgerald. He can have no catches and start every game the rest of the year. They'll be like, he's still top five. And they're like, trust me, it's it's, it's, it's Larry. It's Larry, but I'm going to be for the sake of fun and torture and pain. I don't want to say this, but as a Yankee fan, whenever I bring up the fact that I'm a Yankee fan or even from New York in general, I get a lot of uh, Luis Gonzalez references. That guy, because he brought the only title to the state. Uh, when the Diamondbacks won, as far as I can, I know the Suns never won a title. Cardinals they never won it. So I'm going to say it's number two vice president to Larry is Luis Gonzalez. What about Rich Rod? He would be. Um, How many points losing. up or down would you go in the polls if Rich Rod endorsed you? All the way down, as low as polls go. What will be a more coveted endorsement, Rich Rod or Sumlin? Rich Rod. Maybe. You would have to just cancel your, your, your campaign. Well, it depends because Phoenix is way bigger of a city and they're going to love Sumlin because they're like, that guy's a clown. We'll keep beating him. Leave him in. The same reason people thought Tommy Tuberville might be in trouble because all the Alabama fans would vote against him. Well, he is in trouble. Um, all right. And then the last state, this is obviously the hardest one, but uh, the alleged swing state of Florida. Uh, my vote is for an alligator with a crocodile, uh, alligator with a firecracker in its mouth. There's only one answer. It's Tim Tebow. Yep. There's, there's absolutely no other answer. If you want to split Florida into North and South, fine. Tebow's the North. South is Dwayne Wade. It's not even close. He's the king of South Beach. See, I have an alternate answer for uh, South Beach, a.k.a. Miami. Uh, Mr. Pitbull is who I would go after. (laughs) I get that. I get that. Dan, Florida. Marino. Dan Marino. <laughs> Period. <laughs> no more words. That's a good one because it, it not only boosts you, but it allows your campaign to make as many Ace Ventura references as you would like. I might actually awesome. move to Florida and run for some kind of office just to do that. Um, okay. All right. Uh, looking at my notes here. Oh, this is a good one. Halloween edibles. So I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but the there's always a scare story around Halloween or just in general local news. Uh, this year was that adults are handing out edibles to kids. So you got to check the candy. Um, of course, none of us partake in such things. But, you know, if you just had to guess, like, what do you what do you make of this story? Overrated, too expensive. Waste of time. That shit's way too expensive. No one's giving that away for free. I like this because it's um, in a long line of like scare stories. 
I remember when kids were drinking Purell a few years back. And then I remember when uh, emo kids were all cutting. And that was like, if you listen to emo music, you were cutting. It's like uh, stories that scare parents. I'm wondering, uh, what do you think is next? Like, what's the next made up scare story for parents? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's the freaking idiot anti-vaxxers. That's, that's the scare one. That's a good one. All right. Next item. Uh, Ryan, there's been an update to our uh, Atlantic story about Greenwich lacrosse parents. Um, apparently some things were made up. Um, one of the kids in the story, do you want to talk about this and how, uh, how, just, if at all, this affects the, um, the moral of the story? The moral of the story is the same. doesn't affect it at all. She just embellished it to make the story better and bigger and grander. So she could sell it to a higher quality magazine, whatever. She's a scam artist. It is what it is. But the moral of the story that this this shit is crazy and it's competitive and parents are psychos when it comes to their kids and getting them into the, the right schools, 100% still accurate. That's still a real thing. All right. Uh, my last item on the list. We've gone through this pretty quickly. The Strokes were on SNL this past weekend. Even though I don't think I've liked a Strokes album or song really that much in 13 years, uh, I get a good feeling when I see them doing stuff and appearing on shows. And I always just immediately go back to, um, is this it or a room on fire or something like I could use more strokes in my life. Absolutely. One of the most, uh, important artists in our lifetime. Um, kind of, you know, early 2000 New York city scene changed the, tone for everything and um a lot of bands follow their footsteps i thought they were going to sort of disappear you know make this massive impact and then just kind of vanish and never release albums and kind of be lost in the uh, annals of history and it seems like the more they play and do things these days even if the new music doesn't make an impact it just kind of like uh reaffirms what they did before Right. I mean, usually we talk about bands going on too long, like the Rolling Stones doing like Bridges of Babylon and everyone's like, all right, stop, you know, ruining your legacy. But to me, the strokes, the more they appear, the more it strengthens their legacy. And I think they're pretty rare in that. Right on. All right. Anything you guys want to add or uh, should we do some college football predictions? We'll do the college football lines quickly tonight and zoom through them. Do you want to do this? Do you have I'll a do the lines. All right. Sure. All right. Here we go. Welcome to week whatever this is. Here we go. Wednesday night. Maction is back, Tom. We have six games on Wednesday. All start within two hours of each other. There's no way we can talk about any of these games. Um, I'm going to pick one. Uh, Ryan's going to pick one, and you can pick one if you want to talk about it or just whatever. Um I'm going to take bump, 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 bump. Toledo minus 23 against Bowling Green at home. Bowling Green has no defense. Toledo's going to score a billion points. I think Toledo wins 58-17. That's my pick for the Mac Wednesday. 
All right, sticking with that theme, the worst team in college football is Akron. They're awful. Western Michigan is not that bad. They're putting guys in the pros. So I will take Western Michigan minus the 18 and a half. Big blowout, 52-13. I did not come prepared with a Maxion pick. It is nice to have it back. I feel like I need a week to work myself into Maxion. It's been um, a disorienting season, obviously, but I kind of like this like spread out start, the way things are going, how like the Big Ten's just starting, the Max starting, the SEC's like halfway done. I kind of, mm-hmm. I know it's not realistic for other years, but I kind of like the way they're staggering it. Take the Points podcast is going to go on for like 32 weeks this year. Looking forward to it. In March, we'll be talking about Wisconsin, Indiana. Looking forward to it. Wisconsin will uh, just be getting back to play by then. But we'll talk about that we later. Games. We got games on Thursday and Friday. Real quick this week. Thursday, we got Wyoming at Colorado State. Wyoming lane three and a half. Look, until Adazio covers, there's not much to talk about. Lay it with Wyoming minus three and a half. Nobody needs to talk right on to that one, really. Moving on to Friday, great game. BYU at Boise State. BYU laying a field goal, total of 59 and a half. Don't know the status of Boise State quarterback Hank Bachmeyer. He did not play last week. Um, you know, uh, if he plays, I think the over is a great play. Uh, if not, I'll probably stay away. Ryan? Uh, I mean, this is crazy. Boise is a home underdog to a non-Power 5 team? Like, when was the last time that happened? Like, never? Like, pre-Chris Peterson? That's crazy. Um, It terrifies me, but BYU's my squad. I said they were going to win this game. I've said it all year. They're running the table. I'm not not shying away now. Let's go BYU. I got no pick. I defer to you guys out west. All right, uh, real quick. Also, Friday night, you got Miami and NC State. Miami laying 10 and a half. reason I mention this, NC State's quarterback's out. Um, apparently, their backup is really terrible from what I've read. Uh, lay it with Miami. This should be a blowout with De'Aaron King. NC's defense isn't that good. NC State started the season well, but they've fallen off. I think this is a woodshed. I like the 10 and a half. I like Moving that. On. Yeah, I like that a Thank lot. Thank you very much. Moving on to Saturday, return of the Pac-12. Ryan, Arizona State, USC, USC minus 10.5, total 58.5. Ryan, go ahead. Oh, Dan, you play to win the Pac-12. That's what you do. You can't give Herm 10.5 points with all this time to prepare. He is a pro he is a grizzled vet. Helton is still a clown. I love ASU in this spot. I love the 10 and a half, but I love the plus 300 money line. By the way, if this is a double digit spread, there should be way more than plus 300. That's kind of crazy that it's that low. So I think this is uh, – they they definitely think Arizona State has a chance to win this, and I think they do outright. And, Tom, you get to watch Pac-12 because this is on at, like, 
Noon. Noon Eastern. Yeah, noon Eastern. This is a good game. This uh, might make the cut um, over, you know, Northwestern Rutgers or whatever Big Ten game. I Well, debatable. I'll set up dual TVs. Bastards. Yeah, I know you'll have Michigan, Indiana on, Zian on. Uh, well, conspiracies. I'll, I'll let you have your fun. I'll let you have your fun with uh, the Big 12 or the Pac-12 for now. And we'll talk about how the Big Ten East is the best division in all football in a little bit. Oh, boy. Um, real quick, I'd like to add on to that. Keep in mind that California schools, um, due to rules, cannot practice as of four weeks ago or even hold team meetings. California schools are at a severe disadvantage their first week. I uh, read an article with the Fresno State quarterback, or sorry, coach. He said the first game was impossible for them to play. He said players met each other for the first time on the field. So look for California teams to struggle. Meanwhile, um, I think there's a couple examples of this, which we'll see throughout the lines this week. But yeah, Arizona State plus 10 and a half uh, goes with that theory as well. So there you go. Good pick. Moving on. Also at noon, 25th ranked Liberty travels to VOD Tech where they're a 14 and a half point underdog to an unranked team. Shows you how much the rankings matter. This would be an upset on ESPN. Be great. Uh, total 67 and a half. I'll take this one over. Vatek overs are coming in left and right. Liberty overs are coming in left and right. Both teams have explosive playmakers. Unless there's some really horrible fucking weather, 67 and a half isn't enough for these teams. This game's going over in the 80s. Um, Z, you got something on this one? I mean, am I crazy to think that Liberty can cover this? No, not at all. I like Liberty and the over at the hook. Yeah, especially right now I'm seeing 14 and a half. I mean, that half point is huge. <clears throat> now, will I have the guts to actually do it on Saturday? That's the question. Well, uh, you probably won't because you'll be preoccupied with Michigan State at Iowa and Michigan at Indiana the next two. Go ahead and talk about these two winners. Okay. Uh, interesting week in the big 10, uh, Michigan state winning over Michigan really throws things off. Um, Iowa looked pretty good. They made a sweat it out with our Northwestern bet, even though Northwestern won the game outright and obviously covered, uh, Iowa looked a lot better and they didn't, um, look as bad as I was expecting. So this Michigan state, Iowa is the ultimate stay away. I mean, you got an Iowa team at home. That's looking okay. Uh, Michigan state team that just comes off a, a win at Michigan and somehow Iowa's a seven point favorite. Like the line doesn't make sense. I guess it's a letdown game for Michigan state, or they're just thinking like they played over their head at Michigan. Um, I guess I would take the points, but who knows? I feel like Vegas knows something that I don't know in this game. Uh, Michigan, Indiana, another tough one. Um, I'm, Staying away, uh, again, only a three-point line, so there's not really value in taking the points for me. If that creeps up to, like, six, then maybe I'll take Indiana. Uh, and if it goes down to, like, you know, one or an even game, I probably think Michigan's going to uh, eke it out. So uh, not a lot of value for me. Maybe I'll take a flyer on the over-under in Michigan, uh, Indiana. It's only 54-and-a-half. Indiana can certainly score and uh, – Michigan, you know, if they move the ball like they did the first week against a lesser defense, then they will definitely score enough to get us over that. Um, 
Michigan State's defense played a lot better, obviously, than Minnesota's. And we could talk about Minnesota defense if you want, but they suck. They're bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, Antoine okay. Winfield Jr. is making like crazy plays in the pros. So turns out Minnesota's defense was pretty good last year. Yeah, they um, probably lost like eight starters, seven or eight starters, I think, off that defense, and it shows. So moving on, one o'clock game, East Coast, Washington at Cal. Cal minus a point and a half, total of 43. Vegas is telling you this is going to be a low-scoring close game. Again, I'll take the non-California team. Give me Washington plus 105 on the money line. I know nothing about either team. That's the only angle I have. Uh, moving on, West Virginia, Texas. Texas laying six and a half at home, total 55. West Virginia smashed Kansas State last week. Still no clue if they're any good or not. 55 seems too low for a Texas total again for me. Um, uh, actually, that was a nice win by Texas last week against Oklahoma State. Their offense played well for the first time in a while, um, but they did benefit off a bunch of turnovers, kickoff return for a touchdown. Just everything that went wrong that, that could go wrong for Oklahoma State happened, but so be it. That being said, Texas, home, over 55 sounds good to me. Good job, Texas, last week, eliminating the Big 12 from playoff contention. Yep. Uh, are we just going to have like a three-team playoff this year? I guess we'll see how the teams out west do, you know, Boise, BYU. They might have a, ch- a chance to sneak in. Maybe. Maybe it's a year where, like, Cincinnati uh, finds a way in. Yeah, I mean, Cincy, uh, maybe my favorite Coastal Carolina will get in there the way they've been playing. Oh, by the way, you want to talk about good bets? I got Coastal Carolina last week at minus three, and they won 51 to nothing. So that was a good bet by me. Yeah. But not by me. Not like I'm some genius. Like, it was pretty easy. Ryan called that out in the podcast, talking about how good they were, and their quarterback – um, was also out for the game in the backup play. That was the backup quarterback in 51 nothing. So what a complete team. Yeah, and their starter is a redshirt freshman. So, like, he's going to be there for a bit. All right, well, speaking of a team with the opposite kind of season of Coastal Carolina, we got BC traveling to Syracuse. BC. I knew when that set up, I already knew who you were going to talk about. Oh, it was so easy. It was teed up for me. BC put a nice scare into Clemson last week. They're having a nice year. Uh, seems like their head coaching chain seems to be working out a little bit for them this year, oddly. Who would have thought? They're laying 14 at Syracuse, who hasn't covered uh, in a minute unless they play Clemson. That's the only team they ever cover against. I don't think you can take Syracuse um, for the rest of the year. And uh, there's some money to be made against them. I'm laying the 14. I don't care. We've seen Wake Forest kill them. We've seen Liberty kill them at home. Watch Boston College beat them by 30. Who knows? Maybe not. I don't know. Syracuse is terrible. Go ahead, Tom. What do you got? I got so much to say. Just like Dave Matthews, I got so much to say about about upstate New York. Um, First off, one of the reasons I really like Kirk Herbstreet is um, much for the same reason I used to like John Madden, even though he was much maligned, is that when a game's not close or when they need to fill time in the fourth quarter or just any time in the game, he's one of the best at you know talking about other, other teams and 
he really knows how to like be interesting and fill time. And um, even though Penn State, Ohio State was close at times, there were a lot of opportunities last week for him to fill time. And one of the ways he filled time, which was, I think I texted you guys, he started talking about BC and their, you know, close run at Clemson. And even though he didn't mention them by name, he basically was talking about what you just said, like how bad they were under Adazio and how much better they are now. And I was just laughing so hard because obviously, uh, it, you know, for someone, for a consummate professional like Kirk Herbstreet to just be like, yeah, they sucked last year. And now with one coaching change and not much else different, they're way better. So for him to call that out, you know, it's true. Um, and then Syracuse is just, oh my God, they're so bad. Somehow they're three and four against the spread, but I swear they haven't won any. They had, we said there was going to be a letdown game coming off a 26 point loss, which was a first. And we were right on that one yeah, we were. out for Wake Forest. So <laughs> one of these teams is trending upward and one of these teams is trending downward, Dan. And when that's happening, I like to ride the hot hand. So Let's uh, lay it with BC, but this is an equal bet on BC and against Syracuse. And uh, I think, I don't think you can go with Syracuse. I mean, I think you have to go against Syracuse for all lines under 20 points going forward, regardless of opponent. All right. See, do we want to say one good thing about Syracuse? Brooklyn pickles, pretty awesome. It's a great sandwich. It's a great sandwich. It's reliable. I would kill for one right now. I don't want it to all be negative. You know, I love, I love getting that Brooklyn pickle for the ride home to, to Connecticut. You get it. It still tastes great when you get home. Okay. Then you need to pick me one up, put it in some packaging, go to FedEx and overnight it. I think it's going to hold up. I think so. Things aren't all bad <laughs> in Syracuse. You got midnight madness. You got Brooklyn pickle. Moving on. That's it. All right. Um, Maryland and Penn State. Maryland coming off a big win against Minnesota. Little Tua uh, <laughs> scoring a bunch of points. Penn State uh, kind of put up a fight, I guess, against Ohio State. It was like Ohio State seems like they won the game by 40, but it was only 13 or 15, whatever. See, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Penn State covered depending on, you know, where you got the line at the very end. Um, they showed, I I mean, I'm getting sick of saying this, but you know, they showed a lot of like no quit and a lot of heart in that loss. Um, and this will be the last year I ever say that because I'm not taking moral victories against Ohio state or anyone going forward. Um, yeah, I I don't want to talk about that game. There's, there's so much frustrating about, um, Franklin. I will say, uh, I don't know if Ohio state's on the slate this week, but Kudos to Ryan Day, who I wasn't sure whether he'd end up being a good coach, um, and he looked great. And Justin Fields, my God, he's just so good. Um, this um, this line is off to me. Penn State shouldn't be favored by this much. Little Tua looked good. Again, we talked about how bad Minnesota's defense was, but Penn State's defense hasn't been that great either. I mean, they play like half a great game each game. Um they're better with Jesse Lucetta there and him being out for the first half of Ohio state really obviously hurt the defense. I mean, Ohio state was up uh 14 very quickly. And then 21, three at half or 21, six at half. Um, he'll be back. So it's really hard to pick this game. 
Penn State's D if they play up to their potential and the offense plays to their potential, which they seem to be coming around. It should be, um, you know, more like last year where Penn State beat them like 50 to nothing. But if Maryland keeps building off of last week, then this line would be way too high. So Penn State's going to either cover easily or not even close. So to me, that's a stay away, but it's not going to be, my prediction is it's, they're not going to win by 24. You know what I mean? They're going to win by 42 or they're going to win by 11. All right. World's largest cocktail party. No more messing around. Florida, Georgia, Georgia minus three and a half total 52 and a half. This opened up around six, six and a half. It's going down. A lot of Florida money coming in, and rightfully so. They have a superior offense to Georgia. Look at uh, Stetson Bennett's numbers last week. They were terrible. He like, threw for 120 yards and like, at least one or two interceptions. That just can't happen. It scares me if Florida somehow comes out and gets a lead. I know Georgia's defense is elite. Um, I don't think you can lay the points with Georgia. That being said, the total is 52.5. It seems like it's an under, but – Florida's uh, defense is not good at all. And Georgia will somehow still score points running the ball and doing what they do. So I kind of like an over, um, but I'll probably stay away from it. And I might do a little bit of Florida on the money line at plus 140. And that's probably it. Yeah, uh, I think probably, I mean, I've been leaning Florida on the money line. Most of this, you know, the last couple of days, but I don't know. I think there's something about karma's a bitch. Mullen's kind of a dick. Uh, I think, I just think Kirby Smart's a better coach. And, and in a game where it's a coin flip, a field goal game, three and a half, uh, give me the better coach. So I'm going to take Georgia in this. Yeah, very interesting that watching that game, it's like, oh, they're having a brawl. Oh, Dan Mullen's in the middle of the brawl. Oh, Dan Mullen started the brawl? And we're recording on Tuesday. I haven't really looked into this much. I mean, are there going to be any ramifications or penalties or... He got fined. He got fined, and like the school got fined. But that's it. There's no like suspension. Or no anything. suspensions. I mean, Mullen's fine. No. no players are getting suspended. Everybody's at full strength, basically. Uh, no players. They're gonna be missing a couple of players. <clears throat> Anybody of note, or who would affect the outcome of the game? Not really. No one that swings the point spread. All right. Well, then, in that case, you know, I'll I'll go with what I've been saying for the uh, entirety of the year, which is that I think Florida is the best team in the SEC East, and uh, I think they'll get the win. Um, but I think I'd be a little more inclined to take this with the points, getting it at three and a half. I think if it drops to three or two and a half, then I might as well just go for it and do money line. But with three and a half, that's you know, there's a very good chance this is a three point game one way or another, and so I'll take those points. The over-under, I'm I'm with you, Dan. I'm kind of um, stuck on that one. I feel like that's okay. right on. All right, looking forward to that game. Florida. As I'm looking forward to this one. Arizona at Utah. Utah laying 14, total 58 and a half. Tom, 
over under Arizona wins on the year, according to an AG offshore account. Uh, same as my son's age, Dan one. That's the correct answer, Tom. This is not going to be one of them. Um, I believe, uh, there's a quarterback transfer at Utah. It might be South Carolina's old quarterback, Jake Bentley, maybe. I'm not sure. I I, I'm, there. I'm not aware of we'll this. Find out. I don't care. Utah is just a superiorly coached team. Arizona's no good. Arizona won't travel well. Lay the 14 and with the under. Until further notice, I'm hooking Utah and the under again this year. Yep, totally agree. Uh, if you can get a fun little prop or maybe parlay together a couple fun props, I think Utah's going to score an offensive, defensive, and special team touchdown in this game. So I don't know if you can get a, a prop on defense or special teams touchdown. If you can, take it in this game. This is a prime, prime spot. Is Utah going to retain the uh, supremacy of the state, or has BYU taken that over? Or you think they're going to be fired up, you know, having to wait until November, <sighs> seeing BYU do so well and saying, like, wait a second, this is our state? I don't think they play each other this year. So I mean that more as a general question, like, are they going to be extra fired up knowing that their uh, in-state rival is doing so well? Probably not. All right. Uh, second question. Who is Arizona's win? None. None. They're not going to win a game. They're on 0 six. So should we, should we all just pitch in 50 bucks and bet the, the under on the one season win. I think it'd be funny. It's not a bad idea. If we get that, that's, I mean, our greatest bet ever, right. Was the Yukon under two or two and a half in a full under season. Two and a half wins was, was a lock. Yeah, that was a lock. And I just, I still laugh about that. And I know it's a short season, but if we bet under one win for Arizona and that comes in, I think that'll be the funniest bet I've ever made. Pretty good. I'm doing it with or without you guys. All right. Um, next game, I quickly want to talk about Kansas at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's laying 38, total of 63. Kansas traditionally is really bad at college football, but this Kansas team might be the worst of all the teams we've ever seen. They lose every week by a ton. They've lost by 15, 33, 40, 21. 39 and 30. This is Oklahoma at home. Oklahoma is going to drop 58 to 65 points. Lay the 38. It's definitely coming in. This is my favorite play of the whole week, I think. This is an absolute murder. Yep. Double up. Take the Oklahoma first half line, too. That's going to be the easy bet. They're going to be up 45 nothing at the half. Sure, right. So. Go ahead and, uh, and double up and take Oklahoma first half and game. I'm Which with you on most everything, but I think you underestimate how many horrible Kansas teams there have been. I don't know if this is the worst one. There's a lot of competition. This is it. They have like a 17 year old playing quarterback, dude. It's, yeah. it's the Big 12. Like, they do. It's not going to happen. It's bad. Uh, Okay, we only got a couple more games left here to talk about, Tom. Rutgers at Ohio State. Ohio State also laying 38. 
Who do you have more confidence in lane 38? Ohio State at home in a night game against Rutgers or Oklahoma at home against Kansas? I mean, Oklahoma for sure. Ohio State coming off a, a big time win. It's let down potential. You know, they just have to get through this one. Rutgers is much improved. Um, I mean, you can't bet Rutgers in this spot. And there's a good chance Ohio State covers because this Ohio State team is just unbelievable. But, um, I mean, I feel like the mismatch is greater in the Oklahoma-Kansas game for sure. Okay. Take the over in this game. 64 and a half is not enough points. Folks. Ohio State's going to score 55 themselves. And Rutgers, like you said, they're frisky. They, you know, Ohio State might give them a touchdown or so, maybe 10 points in the first half, just sticking around. I like the over in this a lot. Rutgers had the best play of the season last week, that like eight lateral play where the lineman chucked it over his head, uh, only to have it called back on a like suspect forward lateral. Like, they weren't going to win the game. I mean, come on, just give it to them. But yeah, Rutgers is much improved. True. I mean, the Big Ten East, no, no easy games this year. All Look, the we're couple- chopping wood, we're rowing boats. Maryland is not an we're automatic win anymore. East. Rutgers is not an automatic win anymore. Michigan State is much improved. Indiana's much improved. There's no gimme. There's whoa, no whoa, gimme. Whoa. You have to show up whoa. if you want to win every week. Michigan State much improved. Eight days ago, they lost to Rutgers. Let's just Rutgers pump the brakes. Was much improved, also. They're chopping wood, baby. Michigan just fucking sucks, and Harbaugh sucks, and Minnesota's defense sucks. Michigan State still might only win three games. That may be correct, but they're still <laughs> much improved from last year. I don't think you saw them much last year. God, it's bad. Everybody, right. everybody in the bottom half of the Big Ten East improved. Um, Michigan's not quite as good, it appears. Penn State's not quite as good, and Ohio State is much better. So overall, that division has gotten so good. All right. By the way, folks, this sorry, but like, um, this Ohio State team's good. I warned you all. Watch out. You know. Justin Fields, I mean, as a Penn State fan, I was watching that and sometimes I was frustrated, but there were at least eight plays where I was just like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you can't defend that. You know, some of those throws where he got it right in there, there was pressure, there was good coverage. The one where he tripped and he still somehow completed a pass. It's like, what are you supposed to do? How do you stop that? So mark them to the three-team playoff. It's going to be a three-team playoff this year. They're not even going to have a fourth team. Interesting to see how it's going to work. All right, Stanford and Oregon. Everyone loves this Oregon team. They have four big opt-outs, though. Keep in mind, Oregon laying 10. Don't know anything about Stanford. We know K.J. Costello's at Mississippi State is losing four games in a row. Um, lay it with Oregon? Uh, question mark. I don't know. This is a hard game. I, 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 this, this, is a, this is a good one to sit back and watch and learn something about both teams. But exciting how it's on at 7.30, so exciting. Like Pac-12 night game. Thank God. Thank God. I, uh, I'll say quickly, um, I thought going into the season, Oregon was the team to beat in the Pac-12. I really like them. I like the addition of Moorhead. I think they've got a ton of talent. Um, 
quarterback play. We'll see. I mean, they got the Boston College guy, right? Yeah, they have him transferred in. Yeah, so that there's some veteran leadership. He should be okay. I mean, nobody's going to be Justin Herbert, but he should be a good leader. They've got um, a good defense by Pac-12 standards, great secondary. They always have a good running game and receivers. Moorhead will have a good um, coaching scheme. Um, I think they're just a well-coached, well, well-rounded team, and I like them a lot. But that said, week week one, Stanford always plays them tough. Like, there's no way I would lay ten and a half with this. Here we go, Tom. Game of the week: Clemson, Notre Dame. Clemson minus six. Total fifty two. You want to start this one? Yeah, I'm disappointed because I told you guys I'm like they're gonna um, they're gonna mess up the line for this game based on the fact that Trevor Lawrence is out. Clemson is still a better team than Notre Dame. And it should have been, I I thought the line was going to be closer to like three and I was going to take Clemson quickly. Um, The fact that Clemson goes on the road with a new quarterback, even though he looked great in the second half, it scares me a little. I think the first half might be rough and they'll come together a little more in the second half. Um, I definitely want to see the weather how cold it's going to be. I mean, you got a Southern California guy going to Clemson. So hasn't really experienced, um, you know, a big time start in a cold weather environment against a big time team. So, uh, I don't know what to think. Um, I think Clemson is the better team all around. And we say this about Notre Dame all the time. Like they're, they're always a bit of a, like uh, paper tiger, you know, they're never quite as good as they seem. And, um, Damn, man. I mean, I I think it's right on. I think it's right on. I think Clemson wins by six. Notre Dame is a bunch of frauds. Clemson's going to expose this fraud ranking of theirs. Uh, If you can get a prop on Ian Book turnovers, take the over. Uh, I just think in a game like this, this is exactly where his – his true colors are going to show he's just, he's not an elite quarterback, even at the college level. Um, and you have to be elite to beat Clemson. Uh, their defense had last year kind of took that one year off where they reloaded. They're pretty good. They're going to pick it up. Uh, I like Clemson a lot in this spot. Um, you know, I can like to hear this, but I think Notre Dame's going to win. Um, like for exactly what you said, Tom, it's a weird year. I could just see Notre Dame winning and then losing some other game randomly. And then everything's in chaos. And then Trevor Lawrence comes back and they play each other in the ACC title game. Trevor smokes the shit out of them by 35 points, reclaims his Heisman, gives everybody the finger and Clemson goes to the playoff. So I think Notre Dame catches a huge break. They get a night game at home without Trevor Lawrence. And also, you know, keep in mind that Clemson's number one wide receiver isn't playing at all this year. You know, Ross is out. So it's just DTM. Um, and, uh, you know, they have other playmakers. So don't get me wrong. But this thing like it's all lined up for Notre Dame to catch lightning in the bottle once every 10 years. And this they get their cheapo victory over number one ranked team. And this is it. 
I mean, that's definitely a concern for me. I, you do say it's just ETN. Uh, I mean, he is one of the like three best players in all college football. So if they just hey, give him the ball every single play uh, in, you know, handoffs, pitches, screens, just give him the ball as much as possible would be my strategy and hope the defense comes out yeah. fired up. But, but the other thing is like Notre Dame needs this game. Clemson doesn't need it. A one loss Clemson who loses at Notre Dame at a fourth ranked Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence, it won't affect their playoff resume at all. So the motivation thing scares me a little bit. So I guess I'm with you in that I'm, I'm a little more hesitant to bet Clemson than I was on Saturday night when I first heard the news and thought it would be no big deal. It's interesting. I, I'm actually really looking forward to watch that game because I, it could be a couple different outcomes. So we'll see. Notre Dame, Saturday I mean, night. for as much, you know, we need a villain, right? Uh, Notre Dame provides interesting games. I like having them in the ACC. They should just stay there. I mean, they can still have the Notre Dame network, right? We, I'm sure we could figure out a way to do this. But, yes, you know, and let them play Michigan once a year, or Michigan State, and then just play in the ACC. It's been good. Pretty good, Tom. All right. Well, that's the college football lines for this week. We made it through. All Speed. right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're right at an hour, so we could wrap it up unless you guys have anything else you want to add. No, I think we're good. Um, hope everyone's candidate wins, whoever you picked. If not, there's always four more years. Don't know what else to say. I haven't looked. I have no idea what's happened in the last hour. I'm not looking forward to turning this off and seeing what's happening, but you know, I guess we'll deal with that when we come to it. Um, it's been a good ride, Tom. <laughs> you made it sound, is our country ending, Dan? Or is, <laughs> are we know. ending Take I'm the Points? This is a non-election podcast. That's my fault for bringing that up. Enjoy the college football games this week. Bet against Steve Adazio. Enjoy the largest world, world's largest cocktail party. Clemson Notre Dame will be fun. Pac 12's back. Max back. BYU, Boise State, Adazio again. There's all kinds of stuff going on this week. So if everyone's pissing you off talking, talking about the election, just zone out and look at college football stuff on your phone. It's like right to their face. If they start talking about the election, just pull out your phone and go to your favorite college football resource and just read something about one of the 150 great teams that we have. So um, nice to see all the teams back and playing this year, and uh, except for Wisconsin. But, you know, that's, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We'll take what we can get. It will be funny next fall when um, Alabama's kicking off their 2021 season and Wisconsin's finally playing that game against Purdue, wrapping up the 2020 (laughs) season. Looking forward to it. Then they'll just immediately go into their first game of next year. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, folks. uh, Programming note. uh, We will... I can't record next early next week. So our next week episode is going to be late in the week or it might not happen. We'll discuss, but uh, you know, there's going to be something different next week with the release date. Uh, Sounds good either way. Yeah. Check your TBA. feed. Check the feed till then. Take care and uh, see you later. Good night, everybody.
Take the point, take the point, take the point, take the point, take the point.